For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of worth. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Saturday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating tonight? I believe that there's a lot to celebrate, even in these dark times, if we take the time to do so. And I am so excited tonight because I get to celebrate one of my favorite artists and entertainers, and that's Linda Clifford. It seems like it was just yesterday, and yes, for me, it was just yesterday, that I was on the disco floors dancing around, and no matter how exhausted I was after work, remember disco naps? I used to take those disco naps and I would go after work and I would take a disco nap. I would go home and no matter how exhausted I was, there was a particular song. And once that song began to play, you would find everybody. And I don't care ex how exhausted people were. Everybody would get on the floor and everybody would dance and dance and dance. Well, don't take my word for it. I want you all to get off of your sofas, your beds, wherever you are right now, and I want you to start dancing. And in a moment, you're going to join me as I celebrate Linda Clifford. Here she is. Dans la banlieue de New York, elle a été Miss New York à une époque. Elle va chanter pour vous If my friends could see me now, si mes amis pouvaient me voir, et c'est vrai que les amis la regarderont. Ce soir, elle va triompher pour vous à Paris. Elle est vraiment superbe, la voici. Elle s'appelle Linda Clifford. Here we go.
Linda, we need this now more than ever. Yay! <laughs> oh, that was so fun to watch. That spaceman had me cracking up, honest to God. Well, spacemen are in the news again. Aliens, they're UFOs, they're finding them. I mean, first of all, how did these spacemen end up in that number? You know, honestly, I did not know that they were going to be there. <laughs> I was out, you know, they just said, okay, the lights, we're going to introduce you, and the song starts to play. So, sure, I came out, and I start doing my thing, my very animated thing, I might add. And at one point, I turned around, and there's this guy in his spacesuit, and I thought, oh, my gosh, move away from him. <laughs> I didn't know what And you had no idea until no, you were actually on stage. I was actually doing the song. I turned around, and there he was. And I don't honestly know what the other guy was. Do you know what he was? <laughs> they were aliens. They were just aliens. They, <laughs> they were there. Well, I want to say you are also otherworldly because, oh. you no, know, you are just phenomenal. <laughs> I, I am such a fan of yours. Thank and you. uh, it's an honor that you were here. So thank you for saying yes. Uh, and uh, Rose Apuzo, uh, who arranged this. So thank Hi, you, Rose. Rosie. Uh, yes, Rosie's uh, watching. Uh, she's in the wings. Um, this song, of course, from Sweet Charity, uh, Cy Coleman. I was watching a special the other day about Peggy Lee. Uh -huh. And when Peggy Lee first heard uh, Big Spender, she went to Cy Coleman and said, I know I can make a number one uh, hit song with that song. Uh -huh. And here you are, you had a number one hit song with this becoming a disco sensation. Um, and I'm sure that Cy Coleman had no idea what hit him with this song. You know, he actually called into an interview I was doing with, uh, I was on the uh, WGN doing an interview and he called in to thank me for doing If My Friends Could See Me Now. He said, I can't believe you did that. It's great. It was, I was so thrilled and so excited. I'm like, oh my God, Cy Coleman called to talk to me. Well, of course, Linda, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, for sure. So, I mean, whose whose idea was it to do this disco uh, version of "If My Friends Could See Me Now"? Because, as I said earlier, and I'm not kidding, and I know you know this to be a fact, that first of all, how can you not be on your feet after that arrangement? I agree. I totally agree. It's it's one of the best arrangements I've heard. Um, <laughs> Taking especially a Broadway musical, taking something from a Broadway show and turning it into a disco song that was number one in the world, not just here in this country, but around the world for 12 consecutive weeks. It was unbelievable. But um, to answer your question, I had been in the movie uh, uh, Sweet Charity mm -hmm. many years before. And just as an extra, I had a little part, you know, so I would come in every day and do my part. And then, and it turns out that the, um, we were looking for songs for my next album, for the second album. And um, one of the secretaries at the record company said, hey, why don't you do that song from Sweet Charity? What is it? Uh, if my friends could see me now, we, you know, do a disco version of it. And I'm like, get out of here. 
no way, that's, that's Broadway, you can't do that. And so the idea started going around and uh, Gil Askey, who was the producer, heard uh, her idea and thought, wow, that could work. And he put together a track and they called me in and they said, listen to this. And when I heard the track, I said, oh my God, that's my song. I loved it immediately, loved it. I want to, there's so many areas that I want to cover, but I want to talk a little bit about the disco <laughs> era because I, I arrived in New York in 1979 as the disco era was on its way out. Yeah. And one of the things, I mean, I remember when I was first hearing disco music, um, first of all, that driving music that was so incredible. But what I loved about the disco era was that so many of the songs were um, resuscitated songs from the 20s, the 30s, 40s, Broadway pop songs. Right. Uh, and loving that music to begin with. And, uh, and so many people from that generation were also gravitating towards that. And then for some reason, there was this whole movement that was anti-disco, which I've oh. never which I've never understood. Do you have any take as to why that was happening? I think, you know, as you know, the major part of that whole uh, disco demolition night happened here in Chicago, where I live. And um, there were two disc jockeys on a rock and roll radio station. So, you know, they played rock and roll, heavy rock. And um, they, you know, would make jokes about disco and this and that. And the next thing you know, they come up with this idea to have this disco demolition. And I think, quite frankly, part of the reason was the fact that neither one of them could dance. They had no rhythm. That's number one. The other thing is, for, for whatever reason, um, you know, I always found disco and going to discos was so pleasant. It was the mm. best environment. Everybody, everybody got along, no matter what your race, your sexual preference, the color of your skin, what your religion, everybody was there for the same reason. You went there to dance and have a good time. And that's what people did. And, you know, there are people out there who just hate that. They're yeah. not happy. Yeah. To see Let's other people it. happy. There are a lot of haters in the world. We um, know that, especially we've dealt with it this week. We've, we we, in the last two weeks, we're finding it. Uh, but I've never understood, and you're absolutely right. I, you know, I saw an interview once with Truman Capote, and he was and he was defending Studio 54, and he was going, it's not what you think it is. It's absolutely... <laughs> It's it, it's 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 just so much fun to go and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just about having and going a good time. Uh, yeah, I there are a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to do a giveaway at the end of tonight's show. Okay. Uh, I'll figure something uh, that I'm going to give away. The word that I picked today is self-expression because mm -hmm. it's all about self-expression. What does self-expression mean to you, not only in your career, but in your personal life as well? You know, I think really, it, and especially in my career, just part of it, 
is being able to convey to other people what you feel, to make them feel what you feel. And um, as far as that particular song, you know, when you're, as we age and you live a little bit, you have a little life in your pocket. Mm -hmm. You know, you start, you you learn, if, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. If you're smart, you learn from your mistakes. You learn from everyday life and you carry that with you. And, you know, with a little luck, as I said, you can make people feel those things. So, you know, each time I sing, if my friends could see me now, as an example, um, I like to to think of the people out in the audience and the people who are listening that can relate to that song and go, yeah, boy, I remembered so-and-so from when I was in high school and, and my second year of college and we did this and we did that's precious you know to have those memories to have that kind of uh, power to to an audience to convey that to i think that is the best thing in the world so to me self-expression for something like that that would be it now speaking of self-expression i start <laughs> my shows with a surprise question a question that i don't even look at before i start the show oh, so i don't even know what i'm about to ask you <laughs> Oh dear God. <laughs> How's that for jumping off? Oh. And the question is, what's the thing that you like that creeps other people out? Wow. Isn't that an interesting question? It's Speaking deep. of aliens dancing with you on stage. Well, that's spacemen. <laughs> that's spacemen. Yeah. Um, the thing that I like that creeps other people out. Wow, that's really interesting. I know sometimes I do voices. Okay. And I do it for fun, you know, jokingly. And, you know, there are times when people go, wait a second, that's too real. <laughs> Stop <Okay>. that. <laughs> um, I, well, what else is it that I like that might creep people? I can't think of anything. Well, that's, that's, that's good enough for me. Is it? Um, now, Linda, I, I like to go back to the five-year-old self because to oh. me, the five-year-old self <laughs> is the purest self. It's before life uh, is putting uh, peer pressure on you and teachers start telling you who you should be or who you shouldn't be. Yeah. And I'd like to know a little bit about the five-year-old Linda and your household. Uh, were you surrounded with music? Did you grow up in an artistic household? You know, my dad used to sing. My dad had a beautiful baritone voice. And um, my mom, poor thing, could not carry a tune in a bucket. And she tried. <laughs> there was always, you know, a little singing happening. But there was always, there really was music on all the time. Mm -hmm. And it was all types of music, you know, Sinatra, um, R&B, just all, all different blends. So I grew up listening to all kinds of music and loving it. Just loving it. You know, it's... Music to me is something that really touches your soul. I mean, I see a lot of people who literally just, you know, it's just something that's not in their lives. And I think, oh, my God, how could you live without mm -hmm. music? You know, at, no matter what kind it is, it's just something that's so soothing. It touches you mm -hmm. and, and makes you come alive. I have music playing all the time of all different varieties. I, right. I mean, it's always, it's a, uh, there's a soundtrack always in the background at all times. Um, 
when was the first time that you uh, actually had the opportunity to sing? And when was the first time that you were aware, even maybe before other people were aware, that you had a gift? Oh, dear. Well, I I think that, um, well, I was very young. And I was, I, I was a little clumsy as a young girl. So my parents put me in school to study ballet. You know, they said, oh, she needs a little grace and a little charm. And they, you know, put me in there. And at the school that I attended, they used to do a thing on Saturdays where at the, that they called personality class. Hmm. So no matter where you were in the studio, when that time came around, you stopped and you went to the main room and you got in line for personality class and everybody would sing these songs. And you didn't just stand there and sing. You had to sell it. And our instructor was an old vaudevillian guy named Charles Lowe. Charlie Lowe. And he would sit in front of us and he'd go, come on, sweetheart, sell it. <laughs> I love it already. So, you know, and so at one point he pulled me out front 